0: we can lay in bed naked and have you know nothing happen usually it ends in sex though because it feels so good to lay naked with somebody but <laughs> but i don't go into it with the intention i'm not trying to manipulate i'm just going into it with the intention of just some closeness and some skin-to-skin contact so
1: Welcome to normalizing non-monogamy the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their funny, sexy and fascinating stories as they take us on their journey. We always strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy and positive approach to non-monogamy.
2: However, everyone approaches it a little differently and in its core our show is about hearing, highlighting and learning from the different experiences and approaches people have. With that in mind, It is important to remember that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect those of our own.
1: So sit back, relax, and just accept the fact that your time with us will be spent in an awkward turmoil of laughter and arousal. We should also let you know that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language.
2: If that kind of thing offends you, we suggest you keep listening until it no longer does. If you're under 18, you either need to stop listening or go get your parents and you can listen as a family the choice is yours enjoy welcome to episode
1: 22 it's our regular scheduled programming on a wednesday here and today we have a amazing an amazing interview with two i didn't interrupt
2: you yet i I know
1: that's that's pretty crazy
2: carry (laughs) on carry on.
1: carry on but we talk with Tristan and Bowie of the podcast Two Married Sluts and they just started this podcast a few months ago. Wait it's... a
2: minute, are they married to each other or other people? No. We'll have to find out. Yeah,
1: we'll have to find out. And the podcast is a lot of fun. It's very educational and they are really amazing people.
2: Yeah, they're they're rocking it already and super excited to be putting their stuff out there yeah
1: they're uh, professional companions as well as swingers and polyamorous.
2: Shh, you're ruining the surprise oh
1: well sorry i just did a quick overview
2: all right tell the people where we're going in november
1: yes in november in case you have missed it in our other episodes where we, we
2: continue to brag about it.
1: <laughs> we just want people to join us. We're going to Mexico, and we're going to Desire Resorts in Cancun with Life on the Swing Set from November 3rd through the 10th. We would love for any and all of you to join us. There are still rooms available. You can go to ssdesire.com to find out more information.
2: And we're not paid to say that. We just love Cooper and Dylan and Ginger and the other people who have worked with him to put this together, they put on an awesome event and we're, we're just happy to support him in any way we can. Exactly. On that same note, we wanted to mention that we've got some discounts for $10 off your STD testing on stdcheck.com. links to get that code are in our show notes, which are either in your podcast player or on our website normalizingnonmonogamy.com and then the same thing we've got as always if you want to sign up for Cassidy which is the really sexy online swinger poly dating site you can get links to get a 30-day free trial on the same website yep
1: so without further ado let's jump into uh, the interview well
2: th- thank you both for joining us we been talking for less than maybe 5 minutes so we really know absolutely nothing about either of you. Do you mind sharing with us and and our listeners uh who you both are and and how you know each other and maybe just a little bit of background on each of you?
3: Okay, sure. <laughs> Sure,
0: so this is Tristan speaking here, Um, and Bowie and I both met as swingers on an online dating site that you two probably know, which is SLS, and uh, so we've been seeing each other and fucking each other's husbands and each other for (laughs) um, about a year now, and uh, we are also both professional companions, which is essentially a, a fancy word for an escort. And so we are business partners, lovers, Mm -hmm. friends, and decided to start this podcast together because we have so many wonderful stories and thoughts to share about non-monogamy and swinging Mm -hmm. and sex positivity. And so just kind of starting out with that.
3: Yeah. I feel like it all started on our couch conversations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I guess, do you mind talking a little bit about how, each of you wound up in the swinging world before you met?
3: Yeah, well, this is Bowie, and my husband and I, we were high school sweethearts. We got married really young. I think we were both 20 years old. We didn't even have alcohol in our wedding because neither of us were (laughs) old enough to buy it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We uh, got started swinging very young, I think think it was about a year or two after we got married, we had our first um, swinging endeavors and it was completely by accident, honestly. We were drunk in a hot tub with another couple that we were both attracted to and one thing led to another and we were all fucking in the hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> as one um, does. <laughs> as one exactly (laughs) and then the next well actually it was later that night we were talking about it and we were like that was really hot are you okay with what happened and he was like yeah that was super hot did you mean to do it I'm like no (laughs) and um we ended up signing up for SLS and we've been lifetime members for I think since 2010 um and so we recently moved cross-country 2016 and um, moved from Florida to Seattle, Washington. <laughs> Lucky for me. <laughs> yes, And that's where I met Tristan. Mm-hmm.
2: And, re- well, real quick before we hear Tristan's half, um, so it, it, you guys jumped right into, like, f- f- straight to full swap in a hot tub right out of the gate and never looked back? Is that...
3: It, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, we've had ups and downs, of course. Um, but yeah, for the most part, we were both very open-minded. We were young and dumb and we did it all together. And I think communication is just key. And I mean, anytime that we've messed up in the past, it's been because we weren't communicating well. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, right now we're in such a good place and it's because we talk about it every day.
1: Right. Yeah. So you and your husband then have been in the swinging world for about eight years. Is that right?
3: Um, we've been full-time swinging since for about that long. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we kind of dipped our toes in and out a little bit. Like initially, I think our first couple swinging, <laughs> swinging dates were so horribly awful. that like people were like, why are you still swinging?
2: <laughs> hey, we, we've had those. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they
3: just be awkward. <laughs> yeah, so awkward. Like the people were not what we expected them to be. Or when we met, there was just zero chemistry, you know just the worst case scenarios. And it wasn't until about two or three years into it that we really found people we connected with and made friends with. And for us, it was more about meeting couples initially to have sex with. And that was our primary goal. And then after a while we met really cool people who became our friends.
1: Right. Yeah.
3: And then it kind of, it's weird because we've had a few friends that have turned into lovers as people found out about our lifestyle and they were curious about it. But initially, we were just looking for people to have sex with together. Yeah. Right. Okay. There's firework.
2: And a quick back of the napkin math says you're roughly a thirty. Is that? I'm thirty three. Thirty
3: three. Ah, oh, that's rough. Close. Yeah.
2: Better to wow. guess low than high, as I've learned.
3: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah.
2: I'll say thirty. <laughs> Very cool. Well, yeah. I guess can we hear the. The origin, the brief origin story from Tristan, and then we'll kind of see where things ended up for the two of you.
3: Yeah,
0: definitely. So uh, I kind of had a twisting, turning path, not quite as smooth as Bowie's path to (laughs) swinging. (laughs) I made a lot of mistakes along the way, but... um, Let's see. It kind of all started out with me coming out to my husband that I was bisexual. And one of the first things that he said when I said that was, oh, well, would you like to play with women? Is that something you might want to do? And of course, I got (laughs) really excited when he said that. Because I, you know, when you get married, you kind of have in your mind, wow, I'm going to be fucking the same person for the rest of my life. And as a a bisexual woman, that was kind of something that was in the back of my head, like, gosh, wow, what's that going to be like? No more pussy for the rest of my life. So, um, (laughs) So when he said that, it was a big, exciting thing for me. And so let's see, we read the ethical slut that kind of opened the floodgates to talking about, um you know, what our agreements would be and kind of fleshing out some of the finer details of what our open relationship would look like. Um, and talked about that for probably, I don't know, six to eight months or so. And, um, and then at that point I ended up, Um, kind of in my early mistakes thinking, oh, well, our relationship's open now. We talked about it so much. And I ended up sleeping with a good friend of mine. And then um, much to the shock of my husband, (laughs) that is not what he had uh, thought was the deal, you know, that we had not officially opened the relationship. So that was kind of a big rupture early on. And we ended up spending a few months kind of repairing that and talking through that, me examining what it was that I didn't fully make that more direct and what it was about him that, you know, maybe we hadn't fully solidified that. So we spent a lot of time repairing from that and kind of coming to a really full ironed out agreement. And then we officially opened the relationship and kind of hit the ground running. I mean, early on, once we kind of had done a lot of that work to mend some of the hurt that was done by that uh, having sex with a friend, um, I think we were having maybe five dates a week or something like that. So oh, wow. once we had done all that relationship work, it was like, man, it's on now. And so, yeah. And then <laughs> I think probably a few weeks into that, you know, after having all these dates, I ended up meeting um, Jason and Bowie, and we really hit it off. And I think we've been swinging pretty regularly for the last year or
1: so. Since, yeah, yeah. Since um, my relationship's been open. So, yeah. yeah. So your, your relationship is a little bit more newer to be open than it sounds like than Bowie's is.
0: Yeah, about a year now. Yeah, yeah it's been up on a year. And, and out of yeah.
1: curiosity too, how old are you?
0: I am 37.
1: Okay, cool. So how yeah. long had you and your husband been together when you kind of started down that path? I think about four years. Okay. Yeah.
0: So newer relationship, but um, a stable relationship. So yeah. actually when that rupture happened, when I slept with a friend, it was kind of like the first big deal that, you know, big first oh, kind of upset of the yeah. relationship. So, um, yeah, but it, I mean, it was a good thing though to happen because it really forced us to look through all the finer, I mean, we just hammered out every last possible little detail, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Of, Everything so and force
1: you to have those conversations that sometimes aren't so easy
0: no not easy at all, and just highlighted a lot of the issues that we had to look at in ourselves too to make sure that something like that wouldn't happen again where you know things are unclear and then feelings get hurt
2: right did that lead to a lot of rules and boundaries when you when you first started into it that maybe weren't Necessary, but kind of came up because that trust had been broken early on?
0: You know, you would think it would, but what was funny about it was we took such care to make sure that things were stable when we opened the relationship that um, it was kind of one of those things where we were at such a solid place that there was such an amount of trust that it it's kind of hard to explain. It was like it, it, we just had this sense like, whatever you want to do is going to be okay. And well, on my part, at least, because I know that, that when I want something and I shy away from being direct about it, I know that that's something that I have to work on. I was almost like over responsive about that. So for example, now, anytime I go anywhere, because I, you know, on my own, um, I always am very intentional about sitting Bill down and being like, okay, I'm going to a health party this weekend. How do you feel about it? Um, Here's what I'm thinking. So not that I have to do that or that that's something that Bill expects me to do. I do that just because I want to work on that in myself. Right. Kind of the personal growth thing. So, um, but no, no rules or anything like that. There's just a general agreement that we're transparent about what we do and communicate about it.
2: Right. Yeah. So you, so you are both of you in situations now where you have full free reign to go to parties with your husbands, go to parties together with each other, or go to parties on your own. is there, is there any rules remaining or is it wide open?
3: Well, I think
0: that we're a little bit different in that um, yeah, I'm much more polyamorous oriented, And I swing, whereas Bowie is much more traditional swinger. Yeah, just a swinger, not um, super
3: poly. So I do a lot of private play stuff, and I'm free to do that. And then Bowie, for you guys. I don't really do the private play, like, one-on-one sessions. Usually it's me and Jason together swinging with other people. He likes to be very active in the environment and – he's such a social person he likes to go to parties and like to meet everyone and talk to everyone. And right. we have to be in the same room, but he at least wants to be at the same party. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that like I, I fucked him in, in the RV though. And yeah. You, and you was, were out at the fire with and Bill. That was totally fine. <laughs> yeah. And Bill and I were having a great time. Yeah. They were laughing
0: <laughs> at how loudly we were making the, the RV sh- uh, shake. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like that was okay, but like she wouldn't just go off with Bill and have a date or something
3: like that.
2: Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a very exciting dynamic. I'm assuming all four of you then get along pretty well as friends as well.
3: We do. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've hung out lots of times, just the four of us. We've actually hung out and not had sex before. Yeah. Imagine that. I
2: know. <laughs> so <laughs> so novel of you. I know.
3: We go out like normal people.
2: So at, at at what point? Did the professional companion aspect work its way in, or was that something that was going on pre-swinging?
0: No, actually. So uh, for me, I was a therapist in private practice uh, when we started swinging, and I, it really influenced my career shift because I was a very hands-on, uh, body-oriented therapist. I helped people heal from trauma, so there was a lot of therapeutic touch involved in that. And, um, I, I think because of this winging and because of really opening up my sexuality and there was a lot of trauma that I was able to heal through just experiencing other people sexually and feeling safe with other people that I started to see the opportunities or the possibilities of, um, using sexual touch therapeutically. And as, you know, the ethics are in the mental health field. You cannot have sex with your clients, obviously. So um, I kind of had to shift gears and think about other careers and kind of long story short, I did some coaching and things like that. But eventually I landed at professional companionship and being able to be a bit more free with how I interact with people. And um, it's just an amazing fit for me. I really, really love it.
1: And so how long have you been doing that now? uh
0: let's see almost just shy of a year probably okay. about 10 months or so
1: cool so almost about as long as you guys have known each other yeah
3: yeah lots of things changed at once yeah has <laughs> really powerful i came into your life like a wrecking ball you did. It.
1: <laughs> and bowie how about how about you
3: Well, I, um, I, like I said, I moved cross country in 2016. I let, I sold my home in Florida, packed everything into my car. It was me, my husband and our pet tarantula. (laughs) And we made this amazing cross country trip. And I just wanted to come out here and have a fresh start. And I did do a job transfer. I was working in real estate and, um, it was a boring job and I hated it, but it did get me over here. So I got to appreciate that much. <laughs> um, but once I got over here, I just desperately wanted to get into a new field, something that I could really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then Tristan tells me what she does and I'm like, oh my God, I love it. <laughs> and it's, it's amazing. I love talking to people. I love helping people. Um and I'm good with people. People love to meet me. I think that I have a great energy and people can usually sense that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I really, I have only been doing this for like two months now mm-hmm. and I think I'm doing pretty well at it.
0: She is. She's amazing <laughs> at it. And we do a lot of sessions together as well. So yeah. um, it's, it's a very cool field that not a lot of people know about and it is also very stigmatized as well. So yeah, totally. but we love it.
2: Do you? I guess. Do you mind talking a little bit about what it what it looks like in reality, and then also the, how you guys both get support from your partners in this field? I, I imagine it's easy for people looking in from the outside to see it as like a, a I, I mean, I can see there being jealousy and, yeah. and issues around that. So I, it would be fascinating for us to hear what that what that looks like inside of each of your relationships.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's see. I would have to take just a step back to kind of talk about one of the things that helped my husband be okay with it was that um, uh, after, you know, we talked about me playing with women because I was bisexual. One of the things that came up for me was, well, what about playing with men? So we kind of had this big discussion about that. There were lots of feelings about, you know that that Bill had to deal with about, you know, that was really scary for him. And long story short, he ended up being okay with it. And one of the things that I think helped was that, um, you know, I had some great swinging experiences with men. He was able to see that I could be safe because a lot of it stemmed from just his protectiveness and wanting to make sure that I could be Aww. safe. Yeah, he's really <laughs> sweet. And um, so then when I made the transition to doing companionship work, um, he you know, kind of already saw, like, you know, Tristan really knows what she's doing. She knows how to set good boundaries and kind of had just had an example of, you know, men can be decent human beings as well. Um, <laughs> and so, um yeah, so I think that that really helped him be okay with it. And yeah, it's funny, like swinging is what helped him be okay with it. And, you know, I spend yeah. a lot of intimate time with men on a daily basis in my line of work and just him knowing that, you know, I'm really solid in how I work with people. I know how to say no, I know how to set limits and, um, he knows how happy it makes me. So I think that's a lot of what comes up for us and why we love swinging is we love to see each other happy and feeling fulfilled. So it's just kind of all around a good thing.
3: Yeah. And I have to say same with me and Jason that, um, you know because of our years of experience with swinging that he's okay with it and he's super supportive about it because for him he realizes it's kind of just a job like I don't come home and talk about my clients the way I did with swinger friends so he's like oh obviously this isn't you know the same thing yeah. uh-huh it's not, not as, yeah. it's not as intimate it's not yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. And um, as far as I think you also asked the other part of that was what does it look like? What does companionship look like or how does that work? Was that the question?
2: Yeah, I guess in a general sense that, you know, yeah. maybe not all of us have been in that situation on either side. So,
1: yeah. And well, you should, before, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should try it. <laughs> before you get into that, I just was a follow up question on um, from your relationships. I was curious, Are do your husband's uh, like Do you, do they want to know pretty much what everything that you do for, for your work? Are they, are they, um, I guess, do you roll that into it all into like kind of the swinging side of it? Or is it completely separate because they're two separate entities?
3: Well, I think Jason likes the fun stories. Yeah. What's the hilarious, oh my God, blooper reel of your day (laughs) or the really like, you know, the ones that are worth talking about, like, you know, what, what fun thing happened or what really awful thing happened, but I don't really have a lot of awful things happen. So (laughs) mostly, it's just what fun thing happened today. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And as for me, yes, it it is a separate thing. And just for me, I, I I think that I tend to really want to keep it private because when I'm home, I'm home and I really want to have that separation between work and home yeah. so that I can recharge when I'm home. And there are certainly things that I like to share. Same thing, funny stories, things like that, or like really special things that happen. I've had some really moving, powerful experiences that I've wanted to share just because that feels yummy and yeah, natural, um, wonderful, it. happy yeah. to share, things like that. But um, yeah, and it's, it's not like a thing that I think either of our husbands like need to hear to feel okay. It's not like that or anything, no, but no. it's more like kind of that separation or work life balance kind of a thing. Yeah. Kind of try to keep it separate.
2: Is there ever like the you come home at the end of the day and you're you find that you're just emotionally and physically drained and that it 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 ever detracts from your relationship with your partners?
3: Well, that was me Wednesday night. (laughs) What happened? (laughs) It was just a really long day. and No, not Wednesday. Tuesday. After the photo shoot, it was like a long day. And then we we went and did a photo shoot and didn't get home. I didn't get Mm -hmm. home until like 10 Mm o'clock. And so I was just so tired. I kind of like... Hi, babe. Bye, babe. I went straight to bed. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, in that sense,
0: I think it's like any other job, you know. That's yeah. so what I know, was just going like, to
1: say. That could happen on job, any job.
0: Exhausted and unfulfilled and yeah. like you come home and feel like right. crap. So yeah, for me, I don't see any difference. Um, I
3: definitely have a lot better days at this job than I did at my other job. It yeah. was such a high stress job that mm-hmm. I think that I'm generally just a less stressed out person than I was. Yeah. And so, so far, he's noticed that I'm a lot happier overall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and, well,
2: and you're self-employed, too. So if, you know, yeah. you can control the level of stress to some degree. Right. I can,
3: exactly. Yeah, I can. I can set my hours. It's yeah. super flexible.
0: And for me, I think that doing companionship is one of the things that has led to me realizing what a high sex drive I have. <laughs> because I swear I've never been this horny in my life. <laughs> so horny all the time. I come home and I'm like just hungry for Bill. <laughs> and he has a much lower sex drive. So we've been navigating that. And it's um, I'm needing to, you know, have other partners and go to parties and, you know. Now it's lots of masturbation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you guys have been you. It sounds like you have been navigating that successfully though, for the most part. Yeah, I
0: think so. Yeah. Pretty well, you know, just kind of noticing it's a lot of noticing what I need and how much self care do I need. I think I'm a little low on that. Uh, The last few weeks we've had a lot going on. Just it's been so crazy photo shoots and modeling and, Website, podcasts,
2: <laughs> and yeah. Right, right. And just like any other job, you know, it's like you got to find the balance and all of yeah. that. Yeah, I was, I was also, since you brought it up, the, the imbalance in libido, is that something that was ever an issue before the swinging? And has it improved? Like, Have you seen your relationship improve with swinging introduced now that you almost have an outlet for that?
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Because I think because of all the negotiation and learning both, we're each learning about ourselves sexually so much more and we're really able to dial in and fine tune what it is that we need. Um, So I'm learning that I need a whole lot more sex. Bill's learning that um, he kind of like has his ups and downs, like he's kind of in a low sex period right now. Which is normal, so it, but it's fine, yeah, and Andrea. that's fine. And so we're kind of learning how to get our needs met. Like, um, for example, I've learned even if he's not in the mood for sex. I can always ask for oral sex. That's one trick I've learned. I can always have them go down on me. <laughs> or um, we can lay in bed naked and have, you know, nothing happen. Usually it ends in sex, though, because it feels so good to lay naked with somebody. But, <laughs> but I don't go into it with the intention. I'm not trying to manipulate. I'm just going into it with the intention of just some closeness and some skin-to-skin contact. So I think that we found these little ways where we can get those needs met, needs met in whatever way that's respectful to the relationship and to each other.
3: What about you? I mean, I feel like Jason and I have more sex because I'm less stressed out. Oh, um, so stress going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. With my stress going down, I'm more like, "Hi, I'm home. Let's fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Cause he still works just a regular Monday through Friday 9 to 5 job. Mm-hmm. And he comes home upset and stressed about work, but if I'm laying in bed already naked and waiting for him, it usually makes his whole night better.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works.
3: Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, your day was bad. Here are my boobs. Come play with me.
2: Uh, no, I appreciate it. That's That's very interesting to hear about that because i think that's something that is most people wouldn't think that that's a solution right it's well we have mismatched libidos we're just going to fight or one person's going to be miserable trying to you know appease the other person but if you can if you can look outside the relationship and now all of a sudden the person who's not that interested, they don't have any pressure on them and the other person can get what they need. And it seems like it's a good solution for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Right? I know. Yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. I think it's really important. Like and I have to check myself. Like I really have to not push because I, I notice um, people that I know doing that in a relationship where it's mismatched, you know, the, they get into this like pursuer distancer thing yeah. where the more they push, the more they distance. And it's like, I've got to like, actively fight to not do that and and it's it's a very good thing for the relationship to just chill the fuck out
3: yeah <laughs> well you also have to make sure that they don't feel like well what's wrong with me why don't I want sex all the yeah because there's it's nothing wrong with having a sex drive sex right
0: all the time. yeah
1: totally normal it's fine yeah. yeah well and like you mentioned really quick you know that really our sex drives can vary throughout our lives too there's certain times in our lives that can be we have a really high sex drive and then other times where that's like non-existent and Mm-hmm. that's just just the way it is
3: yeah. yeah wait until next tuesday it might be totally different <laughs> right <laughs> right
2: so can we can we now circle all the way back to yeah
3: we got off a
1: little
2: tangent what, there what, <laughs> what the actual companionship thing looks like
0: oh yeah <laughs> Let's see. So it looks very different depending on the client. Every client is unique um, and has unique needs. So the way it looks is that um, clients, uh, you know, we both have professional websites and we have advertising that we do to attract clients. But essentially, um, clients set up a time to meet with us and an agreed upon amount of time. And then... um, when they arrive, we sit down and generally, at least the way I work, I know you probably work a bit differently, Bowie, but um, I like to sit down with my clients and kind of get a sense of you know, what they're looking for and the time that we spend together, kind of some, what some of their interests are, and then kind of based on what they're looking for, then we...
3: I'd say mine's actually very similar yeah. to that. It, a lot of times when you initially meet with someone, it almost feels like a first date. Yeah. Like you're just kind of a meet and greet and getting to know them and their mm-hmm. needs, wants, expectations, mm-hmm. and you lay out your needs, wants, and expectations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's very, we, we try to make it very comfortable for people. A lot of mm-hmm. times people come and they don't know what to expect. I've had a lot of new people cause I am mm-hmm. newbie friendly, <laughs> So they kind of just stand there at first and you have to kind of coax them into Talking, Yes, come on, <laughs> talk to me, tell me what you
0: want. Yeah, <laughs> I love to ask people, you know, name three things that you really like and three things that you don't like. I like to hear what areas of your body don't you like to be touched or do you like to be touched,
3: you know, like yeah. to really
0: ask a lot of questions like that.
3: Well, and then it also gets the clients into a mood of where they'll ask you what's okay and what's mm-hmm. not okay. And can I do this? And mm-hmm. can I not do this? Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. And I, again, I think it's just something that not a lot of people are, uh, intimately familiar with, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. we appreciate okay. you sharing a little bit of that is, yeah, have you both seen positives in your relationships either because of the swinging or because of the companionship or a combination of the two since, since you began? Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
0: Like, oh, where yeah.
3: do you even begin? Definitely. Oh, I, can't even, <laughs> I can't even honestly imagine my relationship without the swinging. It's been such an integral part of our whole lives together. Yeah. Because yeah. we started so young. We kind of grew up together into this. And, you know, I mean, we had our pitfalls. We've, we've made the same mistakes that every new swinger makes from time to time, like getting too close to somebody. And, you know, and we have weird rules. Like, you know, when we first meet someone, I don't give out my phone number. They have to go through him first because he's just better at vetting people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I typically won't you know, even talk to someone until we've been on two dates
2: Okay, you uh, mean outside of the date, obviously. You probably talk to him on the date.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, on the date. No, I just sit there at the table and stare. Yeah, I'm not
2: talking to you until date number three. Sorry.
3: Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get a lot of third dates. It's weird.
1: <laughs> I wonder why.
3: <laughs> so... um no, but, you know, I, I, I think that um, I can't even picture what our life would be like without swinging. We've met yeah. so many people in it, and it's literally been such a big part of our entire adult lives. Yeah. Right. Uh, and yeah, that's
0: kind of what we talked about in our first podcast, and we had a few main themes. You talked a lot about communication. Yeah,
3: communication. I can't drive it home enough. It's, it's stupid, but it makes sense all the difference in the world. Like Mm -hmm. there's some questions I don't even have to ask him and I will know the answer to talking to somebody if they, you know, do you want to do this? And I already know what he's going to say. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll just ask him out of courtesy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very similar to us in a sense that, I mean, we started when we were roughly 20 as well Mm -hmm. and we've been doing it almost, you know, 12 years ish. So, oh, yeah. I mean, 95% of our relationship has been maybe even higher than 95% yeah. has been in a state of somewhat openness and yeah. and it's almost become just so commonplace for us that things that maybe would shock other people, we're just like, yeah, I yeah know. it doesn't, we, and it, <laughs> that probably weirds people out more than anything. Like they say stuff and I just roll with it into a normal conversation and they're like, oh, that didn't. That wasn't weird to you? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So.
1: Or when we, this random quick tangent, we had some friends invite us into their hot tub and they, we all got naked to get in their hot tub and these were non-lifestyle friends and, uh, they were shocked that they they were like so excited that we got naked into this oh, yeah. hot tub with them.
2: And the one was wearing a swimsuit just out of respect for us. Yeah, we're like, uh... <laughs> like oh,
1: it's okay. Good. You don't need to wear a swimsuit. We're good. Yeah. And like, if you only knew, if you only knew. <laughs> anyway, it
3: does kind of make you a
1: little bit of a nudist it, it does.
3: You just you ha- you spend so much time around people naked, and especially at house parties, everyone ends up half dressed at the freaking food place Mm
1: -hmm.
3: (laughs) yeah you're just gonna see tits with with your chocolate that's how it's gonna happen
1: right (laughs) is it starts making people just start to not phase you as much like it's everyone's like it's just a human body everyone's beautiful in their own way
3: Mm -hmm. i totally think that's why there's so many people in the medical profession that are swingers
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah because they're automatically more comfortable with it too right
3: yeah
1: yeah are you guys out to anybody as far as uh, your fr- like friends and family, as either about your professions or about your swinging swinging and poly relationships?
3: Um, I'm out to a good portion of my friends um, and one relative. My sister knows my hobbies as well as my profession. Um, but otherwise than that, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, and
0: I'm I'm totally out. Yeah. I am. Um, let's see here. Well and what I'm finding is that it's kinda hard for me to have friends that I can't fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and what keeps on happening is like my last two good friends who, you know, I have children and our kids are the same age and they play. And so when I told them what I was up to, they became really interested and I ended up being a unicorn for them. And, you know, they had been married and monogamous for 10 years. So I keep on like converting all my friends. (laughs) And I've converted like like four of my friends now. So it's like, I don't really have. Non swinger friends anymore. I don't know. Maybe I should yeah. work on that.
3: I had a, I had a lot of friends. With Jason and I first started talking mm-hmm. about, um, talking about swinging. I originally had a blog years ago. Um, and I blogged about it and most of my friends read my blog and eventually we got around to banging most of the time because when people start to really think about it and
0: plus they already know you, you're not a yeah. crazy I'm not person. not shy and I'm you not know. crazy, it so it
3: makes a lot of sense. It's
1: yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it's somebody, a safe person they can experiment with.
3: Yeah, exactly. Totally. I have a lot of friends who are still doing it, and they never thought that they would. And I just love hearing their stories, and I love seeing that they're so happy together and their relationship is stronger mm-hmm. than it was before, because now they have this sense of communication and openness that they didn't have before.
1: Yeah. Right. No, that's amazing.
2: That's that's one way to be a good ambassador for the community. You just go around and sleep with all your friends and yes, convert them could. into swingers.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs>
2: For some reason, I don't think I'd be as successful.
1: Oh, <laughs> you, oh don't be so hard on yourself.
3: <laughs> very successful. Yeah.
1: Have you guys received a lot of, I guess, let me start over. Have you, in being open with your, I guess, both lifestyle and or um, profession, received much negative feedback or pushback?
3: really. I mean, I have had a few friends who immediately distanced themselves and then I realized they weren't really my friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it wasn't like a love lost about it.
0: Yeah. I've got to say no. And I'm very careful about who I allow in my life. So yeah.
3: maybe yeah. you have to be <laughs> guarded though. I yeah. Mean-
0: but I love that because I'm really not willing to sacrifice being myself, that's not something I do anymore, so that would pretty quickly help me identify um, someone I didn't want to have in my life, but right. no, that didn't happen. Yeah. About
3: you? Did you? Sorry, what did you say? Did you, have you had that happen?
2: We have not really um, come out to too many people. We've told a few oh. of our friends, but you know, they we were, they were sort of safe havens we yeah. knew that we would be fine and we're Just working wait on till
3: it, gets it. Out. <laughs> we're,
2: we're working on it
3: yeah we actually are.
2: none of our vanilla friends know about our podcast for sure <laughs> someday <laughs> well, they will I found
3: that it was, my blog was a great way to introduce people to my alternative lifestyle there I, you go I, yeah I, I should be with them with the the pretense that Hey, can you just kind of listen to this and tell me what you think,
2: or read this and tell me what you think? Right. Yeah. Can you can you give us a five star review on iTunes for our podcast? <laughs> there
3: you go.
1: Oh yeah. By the way, you're gonna learn a whole bunch about me when you listen to this. <laughs>
3: no, I love that though. See you at the next supper party. Right.
2: <laughs> so I I had a question if if it's allowed. Are you switching topics? No, yep.
1: Okay, I had one quick follow-up
2: question. Right, well then, ask Skip.
1: before you go on. Uh, you had mentioned at some point you have children have, or I'm not sure if both of you do or not. But is there any, I guess, challenges or, yeah, I guess the best word is maybe challenges dealing, you know, having children and uh, everything else that you guys have ex- or that you have experienced.
0: Um. Well, scheduling yeah <laughs> and energy level
1: <laughs> i'd say those are the two I, most common probably for most yeah, parents
0: yeah um so only i have children uh, tristan and um uh let's see here so i have my children are from a previous marriage so bill is their stepdad and so i only have them 50 percent of the time so the other 50 percent, i'm like a single person or we're like a kidless couple yeah. so that gives us a little bit more time but it definitely is a very um exhausting job at times
1: so yeah probably yeah. energy level and time I think those are two scheduling and energy levels are like very common for parents we don't have kids but we can re- yeah but there are even
2: complications for us as well so I think that's
1: yeah you know and we don't have kids <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing yeah okay your question
2: now. I'm allowed to ask my question. <laughs> I think I think one of the things that people would listening in would say is number one, you know, swingers are at a uh, maybe an increased risk for contracting some type of STI or something undesirable, and then that possibly the companion side would also present maybe an increase in that. How do the two of you? I guess handle the, the the safety and risk issues to keep yourselves healthy and happy, and your family safe, and everybody on you know doing great. Lots,
3: lots of regular testing. <laughs> well, and I would also say that I think that
0: that's I've read somewhere that that's actually kind of a myth and misperception because if you're more sexually active and you engage in consent you know, discussions and you're someone who is mindful of your sexual health and knowledgeable about it, you're paying a lot more attention to your body mm-hmm. and you're more knowledgeable about what the risk factors are. Yeah. You're yeah. more likely to be getting regular checkups. You're more likely to be talking to your other partners about their status. So yeah. um, I think I would say I'm hyper aware of how my body is functioning on a daily basis. I know what to look for and ask for and my other partners. And I'm just very mindful and aware of all of those things. So I would say that I probably know a whole lot more about all that stuff than the average person out there kind of bumbling about and not thinking about
3: it. who's not a swinger. I don't know, but that's kind of my take on it. What, what would you say? I would agree. I mean, in all of my years doing this, I've actually, knock on wood, never contracted an STI ever. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Um, high five. High five. <laughs> and, <laughs> not because I haven't fucked a lot of people.
0: i a lot of people. I have fucked
3: a lot of people. <laughs> um, but, you know, protection... Uh, it's it's amazing going from public health public school health class I thought that the world was just riddled with all kinds of terrible things and that the first time you have sex you're instantly going to get them all mm-hmm. and then as an actual adult getting away from all that terrible education you realize it's not it, it's not as scary as the health videos make it out to be. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Um
3: and condoms are amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, there's female condoms that are also amazing. Mm-hmm. They get utilized a lot for people that have trouble with regular condoms.
2: Yeah. We love you. Yeah, no, I them. I, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't challenging you. I I I was expecting you to say exactly what you said oh, yeah, because yeah. we we have heard that over and over again from so many people and it's and it's exactly been our um, our experience as well And, and honestly you know when we have met people who are much more willing to come out and say hey yeah I have tested positive for this or I have tested positive for that and you know at the end of the day then it's then it's your decision what you know do you want to how do you want to handle that and yeah I think more often than not you're, you're almost more inclined to say you know what just the fact that this person was willing to tell me I mean first of all that says a lot about their character and yeah and then you realize too that it's not that scary it's not the end of the world right. a lot of these things yeah. are not that big of a deal and so I think typically you see that come up and then People are like, okay, yeah, fine. Well, we'll use condoms, and we'll do this, and we'll do that, and we'll carry on our way, and we're still going to have a great time. Yeah, and we're going to just use barriers. Yeah, you're not a pariah. You don't get and kicked out of the swinging room, you know? <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: So, no, that's well, fantastic. Well, and if someone treats
1: you like you're a pariah, then that's not the right person to yeah. play with. <laughs>
3: fuck, fuck oh, absolutely, people. yeah. And I have I have run into someone that, that had um, – General herpes and mm-hmm. they were very upfront and honest about it and we still ended up you know swinging with them but we just used a little more protection than we would have maybe right mm, one that didn't have it and i assume they were not in an
0: infectious state no
3: they were not <laughs> right I, you no could, open sore you couldn't tell like there was right. no difference and yeah. she's yeah. like you know honestly i haven't had an outbreak in years but i still like to tell people up front uh, yes. <laughs> yeah yeah
2: and no. i think yeah i would much rather be with somebody like that that i mean i mean that says a hell of a lot about someone's character yeah they're, oh, they're willing to tell you that
3: mm-hmm. yeah it's a, it's a very much of a trust thing too
2: right yeah that's yeah, that's great mm-hmm. so the last two questions that we typically ask are just to you know get get people some resources and help uh if they're new to this or even if they're not new so do you have any advice that when either of you first got into the swinging or on the poly side that, that you would like to share some words of wisdom that, that you think would be useful?
3: Yeah, I definitely would say SLS for us was, a, you know, just a great resource. I know that it's not super popular in every state, but at least in Florida and Washington. It's been great.
2: (laughs) And that's that's Ah, swing lifestyle. We'll put, we'll put links in the show notes for
3: everybody. Perfect. Yeah, they're great. I I adore them. Um, And then as far as advice, I would say, you know, communication is key. Um, But I guess what, one of the things I always tell new swingers is whatever is going on in your relationship is going to be amplified by swinging so if your relationship is good it's going to get better but if your relationship has some things that needs to work out then that issue could get amplified also right so and not you, to say
2: you couldn't still yeah. work through it but it's definitely yeah, going to absolutely. put a magnifying glass on it yeah
3: exactly be prepared yeah. for that so what whatever you have that you're not you're thinking is not going to be an issue it might come up and be be prepared to deal with your shit yeah yeah Well, and that segues so nicely into what I was going to
0: say, and you know, like the ex-therapist is going to say this, but I would say the main thing is be really prepared to take a really honest look at your issues because everybody's got them. None of us are free of that, but um, just, I would say, be prepared for that because sometimes it can be really uncomfortable. I know for me, it was really uncomfortable to start looking at, you know, my issues with being direct and Um, Well, that was really the main one. I have a hard time with that. And so I think that those things are just really important. And, like, don't be afraid to seek out help or counseling or find a, you know, um, sex-positive counselor who can help you. I mean, there's a growing community of counselors that are really trained and kind of hip to um, supporting people in the lifestyle of people who are poly. So I would say that. And then um, my favorite resource to tell people about actually two. Um, the first is opening up by Tristan Terramino is mm-hmm. a book that I love and that I read together with Bill and it, it was so invaluable. There are so many um, great ideas in that book about things to talk about, talking points to talk about together, um, like lists of things to go through. And I mean, it's just so super detailed and talks about all the different kinds of non-monogamy as well. It's actually how I even got the idea to do swinging. because You know, I just thought, oh, we'll go straight to Polly. But then when we read about swinging, we're like, oh, that's really interesting. So, and then the ethical slut, of course, will forever change your view of non-monogamy mm-hmm. I think for anyone who reads that such so. a good book
2: perfect and you mentioned um finding sex positive therapists and counselors I from my years and years of listening to Dan Savage from both
1: of ours
0: yes it's,
2: uh, <laughs> is that a sect is that the best resource still to find that uh,
0: no, actually, so just because somebody is a member of that organization does not mean that they have training or viewpoints that are sex positive. So it's something that you either want to see on that therapist's website or do a Google search for, you know, sex positive therapists in your city, you know, whatever your city is, and um, really ask directly because um, I know for me and a lot of other people in the mental health field, they don't, that's not something that you get training on. For the most part, when you right. go through your master's program and there's a lot of stigma still in the mental health field. So it's really something you wanna be sure that your counselor's not
3: I have to say I went behind I, the curve on that. <laughs> I <laughs> so. Went to a therapist in Florida and I loved her. She was very sex positive. And then I came out here and saw a therapist and didn't click with her. She was yeah. a little too conservative. I won't mm-hmm. say she was judgy exactly, but I kinda got the vibes that she didn't really care for my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I found another therapist and he's been great. Absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. He's very understanding. He's very, he asked the right questions to make me think about what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so don't be afraid if you are looking for a sex positive therapist, don't be afraid to ditch one and go to another one. Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> if they're starting
0: to frame your relationship Problems because of the swinging, or because
2: you know, because
0: of what you're doing. That means that they don't know what they're doing, and they need some
2: additional training.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's really good advice.
2: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. We'll have to call. I'll call Dan Savage later and let him know.
1: (laughs) We got to get him on the podcast.
2: My
1: God,
3: that'd be
0: awesome. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah. we'll keep (laughs) trying.
2: You're in Seattle. Can't you just pop up and ask him?
0: Oh yeah, oh, no. you know our buddy Dan.
2: Ding dong. Know. <laughs> All right. So the while before, are you? What are you going to ask? You can ask the blooper question? No.
1: Nope. Go ahead with. You that
2: really one. want to ask your
1: question? <laughs> I forgot about the blooper question. All
2: Go right. Ahead. So the so our our new uh, our new maybe our favorite question is what is one either swinger or Polly like blooper. Like, the, the highlight of the blooper reel for either of you that, you know, maybe it happened to you or happened because of you. Something that was just really funny that you think that would never happen in, in non-swinger land.
0: Like, funny, embarrassing? I've got a good
3: embarrassing one.
2: Perfect. <laughs> I let's, sure. let's hear it.
0: <laughs> tell it. Tell it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. This is pretty embarrassing, but I'm going to toss it out there because maybe somebody else has had this experience and... It won't feel so bad. So, um, I had a threesome where I was being the unicorn with a couple and, um, it was all going so hot. We were doing all kinds of hot things and she was sitting my face while he went down on me and then, you know, all kinds of other sexy things. And then they both really wanted to see me squirt, which is something that actually Bowie's husband taught me how to do. So I was like, all right, let me show off for this couple and squirt for them. And so I had the guy fingering me and, you know, kind of showing him how to do it. And when I squirt, I kind of, Pushed a little bit down there to kind of get it to go out, and um, pushed a little bit too hard and peed all over. <laughs> and it was very embarrassing. And um, no, that's not,
3: that, that totally is, has that happened to you? No, it's not happening to oh, me. Okay, I've seen it happen to other people. Yeah, and they it peed all been.
0: over. So, and I don't really know if they knew or not. But it was quite embarrassing. That's so I felt funny. embarrassed.
2: <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> what well, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna request that activity, you got to be prepared for what could what uh-huh, could come along uh-huh. with it. So oh,
3: yeah, totally and true. And, yeah, yeah.
1: And while it has that exact thing has not happened to me, I'm sure it has happened to many oh, other yeah. people out there. So I thought you were. You
2: were, were alone. Gonna, <laughs> I thought you were going to say you farted. Oh no, that
1: hasn't
0: been happened yet. But I'm just waiting for that yeah. to happen. Oh, yeah. That mixture
3: bubble <laughs> in the hot tub. <laughs> we all know. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, perfect. Well, well, thank you for sharing. We appreciate it. And I think, you know, it seems like a silly question, but it really does normalize it because yeah. it, this shit, this crazy shit, happens to everybody, and none of us are immune to it. Nope. So, for sure. yeah. perfect. So, Emma, I heard you had a question.
1: <laughs> you won't let me ask. But you've been
2: dying to ask for like thirty minutes.
1: No, you guys. You both mentioned a podcast earlier on in the episode, and I wanted to see if you could, I guess, tell the listeners about what it is you're planning to do, what, uh, and I guess, yeah, your goals with your podcast.
0: So I think our main goal, and you correct me if I have it wrong, because we are kind of new to this, but I think really the main goal is to just speak the stories and the words of sex positivity and sluttiness and just being your full sexual self. Um, so it is non-monogamy and sex positivity focused. Mm-hmm. And I think that we'll ta- be talking a lot about our experiences and yeah. then also covering just different obvious topics that come up like jealousy and different styles of mono- non-monogamy. Um, we'll be interviewing people, kind of similar to what you guys do, but it's not really the main focus. Um, probably just refer people your way to hear the stories of how different people do it, (laughs) but, um, really just kind of trying to share our experiences and normalize it in a way that people can hear that it's okay to be a total slut. It's a good thing.
3: It's a great thing. Everyone would be so much happier if they had more sex. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I would agree. I want to, I want to, I want to create a place where people can go to, to ask questions. I want to be able to answer questions on the cat, on the podcast. Uh Um, I'd like to be able to have it just be so kink inclusive that whatever someone's into, they can listen to us and feel like these people know what they're talking about and they're okay with my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. if you're a furry, if you're into BDSM, if you're into fun stuff, fun uh, yeah. <laughs> whatever you like we can talk about it and find out you know more about it
2: yeah wow yeah. That, that's awesome it's i don't know that there's another show quite like that so that's fantastic
1: i know that's and amazing
2: maybe do you mind saying the name of the show just oh,
1: yeah. two merry but <laughs> perfect We had a
0: little jingle written. You'll have to check it out. It's pretty hilarious. Actually, we wrote the jingle, and we had someone else sing it. Oh, yeah. We we wrote it. They sang it. It's really cute.
1: Oh, that's perfect.
2: Excellent. Awesome.
3: So do you mind,
2: I guess, so is it a weekly show? Is it a monthly show, once a year?
3: It's going to be weekly. We're going to try to have it out every Friday. Um, But I think... um,
0: yeah. Is that our goals? Yeah. Friday? Every, Friday yeah. every, Friday every Friday
2: we will have a new episode. Luckily, Bill
0: is our editor. So he is our editor. Send it off to him and oh, tell Will he edit for us? I know. <laughs> I have to talk to <laughs> him
2: about it. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, we are super excited for that. We'll be we'll be tuning in. Maybe you'll replace Dan Savage on our advice uh, <laughs> our, our advice <laughs> podcast listening. Oh, yeah.
3: Well, thanks. We'll, we'll help. We'll co, co, uh, compliment. There's, there's room
1: for everybody.
2: Excellent. Yeah. I don't
1: know if I could give up Dan Savage. We've been listening to him for so many years.
3: Oh, my God. He's so good. I love his podcast.
2: <laughs> Perfect. Well, unless there's something else major that you want to get off your chests, maybe we should wrap it up and say goodnight.
3: Goodnight. 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 Thank you so much. All right. Goodnight. Thank you so
1: Thank much. You. Hola! It's us again. Thanks again to Tristan and Bowie. We had a fantastic time talking to them, and I think they have a really awesome point of view.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a different perspective than we have, and probably a lot of the other podcasters out there. So they they bring on some kick-ass guests, and they've got some awesome interviews. So if you aren't listening to them when you're done listening to our shows and catching up, then you can go and listen to their show. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> Next week, we have a interview with two of our really good friends, Dave and Steph.
2: In person. Yes. Live from the studio.
1: Sans pantalones.
2: And Emma definitely wasn't drunk at all.
1: <laughs> I don't think any of us were, right?
2: I wasn't. I don't get drunk. <laughs> but we will see you guys in one week. And until then, ciao. Ooh, ciao.